0: From the corner of the crowded room, Lou watched a woman in a white beaded dress fly. A normal sight in this den of inequity. Her frayed nerves itched for another drink. How many had she had? She couldn't remember. One more elixir couldn't hurt. Bliss, perhaps, or a shot of adrenaline for dancing. Locke's City Council had banned elixirs, claiming they were too dangerous. They underestimated how much people love danger. She joined the line for the bar, swaying a little. A young man caught her elbow. Her heart raced if he saw her speaking to another man. Miss Thornley, the stranger asked. He was handsome, dark hair, brown skin, amber eyes, vaguely familiar. I have a proposition for you. Dangers be damned, Lou listened. Realm Presents Elixir, episode one.
1: I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at ThriveCosmetics.com slash Thrive. That's thrivecosmetics. Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Thrive for 20% off your first
2: order. Would you hold the lantern steady? Vera shot an irritated look at her older cousin. Rolf was her right-hand man in both her legitimate and off-the-book ventures, but he didn't make the best thief. Be a lot easier if you'd hurry up. The two stood on a narrow catwalk, suspended midway up the towering machinery chamber inside the Dwimer River Dam. With a huff, Rolf straightened his gas lamp to illuminate a glittering wall of quartz pipes and faucets. Vera fitted an empty flower vase under a faucet It was the best she could do on short notice. Normally, when she robbed the dam, she was better prepared. She hated rushing in here last minute. But lately, the council had been wising up. Together with a bevy of her cousins, Vera Reeves ran the oldest and most famous hush bar in Locke. She'd inherited the business, plus all its inherent risks, when the city council banned the sale of elixirs and imprisoned her father. Duke and Duchess Thornley, prominent gentry members with a seat on the city council, had convinced everyone that elixirs were immoral and dangerous. In her opinion, the city council members were the real criminals, but technically she was in the process of robbing them, so maybe she couldn't talk. She opened the tap just enough to let out a trickle of water, any more, and she risked tripping the alarms. Beside her, Rolf shifted uneasily. You realize that guard didn't go to the pleasure house for a sleepover, right? If he comes back... Give me two minutes. Probably what he said. Vera rolled her eyes. Every drop she could squeeze from this tap counted. Dwimer water was the active ingredient in the elixir she distilled. The light behind her drooped again. Vera rubbed her nose on one olive-toned shoulder, irritated. Honestly, what use are all those pull-ups you do on the bar mantle every morning if you can't hold one measly lantern? Vera glared at her cousin. Is that really enough to justify opening tonight? He pointed at the half-filled vase. If turnout's anything like last week, we'll have plenty for all four of our patrons. We can't keep taking these risks. We are Reeves. Our ancestors were apothecers before Locke was even built. This is our legacy. Besides, Risk is the name of the game. Unless you want to abandon your post and let me run the whole show myself. You wouldn't last a single day, cuz. Rolf tussled her dark, chin-length bob. The vase grew heavier. She touched it with a fingertip and felt the water inside surge in response rolf tapped her leg i hear something i don't hear anything you old coot but then footsteps kill the light she whispered darkness enveloped them she turned off the tap hefted the vase half full it would only distill a dozen elixirs at most enough to serve one round of patrons she'd have to make do From higher up in the machinery chamber, someone began to whistle. She tapped Rolf's wrist and he seized her hand. Bent double, they tiptoed back the way they'd come in, across the rickety wooden catwalk. They were a dozen stories above the ground floor of the machinery chamber. Vera was glad the darkness hit the drop. Heights had always made her queasy. Just thinking about it made her walk faster and, The catwalk groaned. Vera reached under the collar of her blouse. Her fingertips grazed the necklace there, a slim rose quartz vial with a matching stopper. Vera took a sip from the vial and passed it to Rolf. The tiny mouthful wouldn't last more than a few minutes. A pleasant warmth suffused her body as the elixir slid down her throat. Lantern light flared above. In its halo, she spotted an iron shoe leaning over a higher catwalk near the top of the machinery chamber. He stared right at Vera. Her breath caught. But a moment later, his gaze slid away. He scanned the neighboring walkways above and below. He hadn't seen them because the elixir had turned her and Rolf invisible, temporarily. And it was more like camouflage than strict invisibility. When Rolf crept toward the exit once more, Vera could see a ripple, the elixir mimicking his surroundings like a chameleon. She followed, not daring to speak or breathe. Not until they shoved through the exit into the fresh night air. Only there did she gasp with relief.
3: Elsie checked both ways before she crossed the street. Most shops were closed, iron grills drawn. But a gas lamp above the jaded rose flickered cheerily, and the store's broad windows were lit from within. A group of people bustled past, laughing. Some wore business attire, others tight-beaded dresses, like the one Elsie had pilfered from her older sister's closet. Elsie rooted through her oversized evening bag. Pinch of clothes, coin purse. There. Gently, she extricated a long-stemmed pink rosebud. Tied to it was a calling card that read The Jaded Rose, Floriculture and Botanical Specialists. This was the place, all right. This was Locke's underworld. For all Elsie knew, this could be the very same hush bar where her sister Lou had become hopelessly addicted to elixirs. Inside, memory reared its ugly head. Last night, Lou ossified out of her mind on elixirs. Elsie had been begging her for weeks to stop taking so many. Lou never listened. Elsie had nursed her sister through comedowns, shakes, multi-day hangovers. Last night was different. Last night, Lou had been scared. You don't understand. Lou had gripped Elsie's hand so hard it hurt. You don't see what's really going on here. Then explain it to me, Lou, please. It's... I can't. I... I need a clearer head. Tomorrow, we'll talk. Then today had dawned, and her sister was gone. Their parents believed Lou was just on another tear, run off with a mystery bow. They told Elsie not to worry. But their parents didn't know Lou like Elsie did. Lou didn't keep secrets from Elsie. Something is very very wrong and elsie's only clue was this bar someone jostled her elbow elsie clutched the purse tighter she'd never been to this part of town much less alone and at night she steeled herself she needed to do this for lou elsie ducked into the shop buckets of roses in every color dangled from the ceiling a display of delicate glass vases in every color imaginable took up the left-hand wall. Elsie reached out to brush one with a fingertip. No, not glass. The vase was quartz. The old nursery rhyme about Dwymer magic came to her mind. All the kings and all the courts hold less power than a sip from quartz. Can I help you, miss? Two salesmen, sales boys, really, darted forward. The boys must have been brothers. They looked almost exactly alike. One boy beamed. The other glared like she'd just kicked his cat. Yes, I... She didn't know much about elixirs, but she grasped the basic concept of a hush bar. There would be a front business for show, then a secret passageway into the real party. I was actually hoping to stay a while, enjoy some... refreshments... She turned on the sunny smile that never failed to fill her dance card at the gentry balls. Scowley's scowl deepened. Don't know what you mean, his brother elbowed him. Forgive his manners, miss. We have a wide selection of... products? Perhaps one kind in particular catches your fancy? He glanced at the vases. Clearly, he expected some kind of signal. Damn, she probably needed a code word. Elsie affected a bright laugh. <laughs> "'You play your parts admirably, boys. "'Now, let's see.' "'She unclasped her purse. "'How much would it take to bribe her way inside?' Scowley tugged his brother over to a spot "'he probably thought would be out of earshot. "'What are you doing? "'Come on, Benji, it's dead in there. "'Vera can't afford to be turning Gentry away.' Elsie made as much noise as possible rifling through her bag to keep the boys talking. From the corner of her eye, she saw Benji shake his head. No pass, no entry, Art. That's the rule. Pass. Her fingers grazed the rosebud. She'd found it in her sister's ransacked bedroom this morning. The jaded rose calling card attached to it was Elsie's only clue to where her sister might have gone, to what had scared Lou so badly. Elsie withdrew the flower, studying the sympathetic brother. Art? Relief flooded his face. See, I knew it. She's no snoop. Art nudged his brother, then nodded at the vases. Pick anyone you want, miss. Elsie picked the prettiest. Purple and green shot through with flecks of gold mica. She slid the rosebud's stem down its neck. Here goes nothing. The instant the stem touched the thin layer of water at the bottom, the bud's petals unfurled into a pink rose. At the same time, the wall sprang forward. Behind the door, candles flared to light, as if by magic. A golden spiral staircase appeared to lead down into a black void. Elsie shivered. This was it. A hush bar. Home of Locke's biggest threat, according to her parents, anyway. Enjoy your evening, miss, Art called. Benji continued to glower. Oh, I intend to. Elsie expected a seedy basement. She found herself standing near the top of a room that would rival Locke's opera hall. Cathedral ceilings arched over black marble walls with sharp gold accents. A stage took up one wall. Fireplaces roared in the corners. Candles flickered on every table. But it was the bar that drew Elsie's gaze. Shelves all the way to the ceiling, lined with multicolored bottles. Elixirs. Elsie's breath caught. She watched a woman swing off a ladder, black bob swirling against her razor cheekbones. She poured something into a glass, slid it to an old man. He drank. Even from here, Elsie could see his white hair change to jet black. Wrinkles faded from his dark brown cheeks, and he returned to his table with a new spring in his step. She's an apothecary, Elsie realized. What am I getting myself into?
1: I like a story that will take me to extremes. And nothing says extreme quite like The Last City, a new Wondery podcast available now, set in 2072, the city of Pura is a geo-engineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. Which, given its promise of being a miraculous green haven in a climate-ravaged world, shouldn't be too hard to sell, but things are not always as perfect and shiny as we'd like to believe. When she stumbles upon a dark secret that could lead to the downfall of Pura's existence if revealed, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seehorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt.
2: Vera spotted the newcomer straight away. For one thing, there wasn't much competition. Of the other eight people in the bar, Vera was related to five. The remainder were regulars. Nicholas, who rented a one-room flat above the flower shop, Pauline, who played piano in exchange for talent elixirs, and Hans, an octogenarian who used to help her father out with odd jobs. Vera now served him shots of youth for free because she was too damn soft. So really, there was only one paying customer, until now. Rolf nudged her. That one's got enough dough for a whole bakery. Vera snorted. The woman's outfit likely cost more than the rest of her patron's wages put together. Don't get too excited. Just means she's trouble. Whatever the lady had hoped to find, she clearly didn't see it, because her shoulders slumped probably wanted a livelier crowd. She can go to one of Harlow Jones's dives if that's what she's after. The woman shook off her disappointment and approached the bar. She perched on that one crooked stool Vera kept meaning to fix. Then she stuck out a hand as if this were a business meeting. Hi, I'm Elsie. Vera stared. At least she took the hint, letting her hand drop unshaken. Gorgeous place you've got? Or, oh, I'm sorry. I just assumed you're the owner. Elsie was what Rolf would call a stunner. Big agate blue eyes, blonde ringlets, ivory skin so flawless, it could have only been achieved with a 16-step beauty regimen. A few years younger than Vera, or maybe just better maintained. She also had an infectious smile. The kind that begged you to mirror it. Vera revised her earlier assessment. Not trouble. Danger. With a capital D. You assumed correctly. I didn't catch your name. I didn't offer it, Vera thought. But what the hell? Vera. She tugged a cloth from her pocket and started wiping down the bar. What's your poison? What? No, I... uh, I don't... I mean, I've never... Vera resisted the urge to laugh. No sweat. Dealer's choice it is. Vera had a knack for guessing what her patrons needed on any given night. While she scanned the shelves, Elsie trilled her nails on the bar. Really great place you've got here. Did I say that already? I love the... um... Ambiance. Glad you approve, princess. Finally, Vera spotted what she was looking for, a bright orange citrine bottle. She plucked it from the shelf and paired it with a matching coupe. Are you always this surly to new customers? That might explain your utter lack thereof. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. Here. A flicker crossed Elsie's features. Fear? Anytime you're sampling a new elixir, test the nose first. It gives you a hint of what effect to anticipate. This elixir amplifies courage. Elsie fixed those big blue eyes on Vera while she bent over the cup and inhaled. It. it smells like my father's sailboat. The first time he let me take it out on the lake by myself. In summer. How is that even? If you're about to ask me how that's possible, then I've got to alter my assessment of you. Not a princess. Tourist? (laughs) No, I grew up in Locke, but I'm from a different part of town. Knock me down with a feather, I had no idea. (laughs) What gives me away? You mean besides your shoes, your dress, your purse? Your hairdo. Okay, fine. Elsie waved her napkin in surrender. Tell me, what's a fine gentry lady like yourself doing slumming at dockside? Vera kept right on smiling, like this was just a friendly chat. Internally, her mind raced. Elsie wouldn't be an iron shoe. Gentry had no need to take side jobs. And anyway, Vera's aunt Maude worked in the department. She would have warned Vera if someone was about to poke their nose where it didn't belong. Elsie could still be a plant, though. The council had been vowing to clean out our city's gutters ever since they'd banned elixirs. The city council had dammed the Dwimer River for the same reason they'd banned elixirs, because they believed the water was cursed with magic. At least, that was what the gentry called it. Vera loathed the term. Elixirs were no more magic than Vera's ability to subvert the law. They required knowledge, scientific study, and careful preparation. That was all. But between the added security at the dam and the hush bar raids Vera had been hearing about lately, well, suspicion was warranted. So what did this woman want? Elsie's feet rapped against her stool. She surveyed the room. There it was again, that brief flit of fear. I'm meeting someone, or I hoped to, but she'll turn up, probably running behind schedule. Vera reached for another bottle, her usual go-to, a light distillation to heighten her perception. It made lights brighter, scents sharper, sounds clearer helped Vera read her customers more accurately, too. She poured herself a dram to match Elsie's and lifted her glass. If you've got time to kill,
3: let's toast. Elsie stared at her glass. The drink did smell incredible, but Elsie couldn't stop thinking about her sister. I'm sorry. "'I'm sure it's lovely. I just... can't.' She watched Vera drain her own elixir without a blink. "'Tell me you're not one of these anti-elixir fanatics?' Elsie flushed. Her parents certainly were. In fact, they'd pushed the council to ban them in the first place. Which was why she couldn't admit to being a Thornley right now. Apothecaries hated her parents.' Vera would throw her out in a heartbeat. And then how would Elsie find Lou? I don't have any interest in politics. It's just... I've seen what happens if you take too much. My sister, she... I'm pretty sure she's in trouble, and I thought she would be here tonight. It was a long shot, but I didn't know where else to go. Vera's intense scrutiny softened. She was looking at Elsie, really looking, in a way that somehow felt both pleasant and unnerving at once. Unfortunately, this is it for our usual crowd. I'd remember if I'd seen anyone who looks like you. Vera's gaze only dipped over Elsie's figure for a split second, but it was enough to send warmth radiating up Elsie's neck. Elixirs can be dangerous, but I ensure everyone drinking mine stays safe. It's my responsibility as an apothecary The source knows some of us have forgotten that. How many hush bars are there in Locke? Lou had gotten elixirs somewhere. If it wasn't Vera's bar, perhaps she frequented one nearby. Couple dozen in Dockside alone. Not to mention the cads who sell homebrew on the street. I hope your sister's not drinking that swill. Although half won't even do anything. They're just sugar water. It could take weeks to search. Longer if Elsie had to deal with her parents' constant interventions. The idea of slinking back home without her sister made Elsie want to scream. As was common for unwed gentry women in their mid-twenties, Elsie still lived with her parents. She couldn't do it. She couldn't sit through interminable dinners with her parents while they pretended nothing was wrong, that Lou was just having a tantrum and she'd return soon. An idea struck She brightened. Maybe I could stay here, as a sort of home base while I look. Oh, no. We don't. I can pay. Elsie snatched up her bag. She emptied her entire coin purse on the counter and watched with gratification as Vera's eyes widened. Plus, I can help out around the bar. Whatever you need. Maybe some new entertainment. This was what she needed. A foot in the door to the elixir scene. If Lou stopped by the jaded rose, Elsie could intercept her. If not, Vera's patrons and employees must know of other hush bars and their clients. I'll wait tables. Clean in the back. Anything. Vera was still staring at the heap of coins when a back door banged open. Less than ten feet from Vera, staring at them both, was a uniformed iron shoe. Elsie's jaw dropped. We're being raided.
0: You're listening to Elixir by Ellen Goodlett. Starring Ava Mag, Keeler Lee, and Marin Miller. Produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Realm, listen away. An executive produced by Molly Barton. Voice direction, audio production, and original theme music by Amanda Rose Smith.